So, uh, Dalton, when we originally started, uh, well, welcome back to the journey. And when we originally started the journey way back in episode one, um, it was the beginning of your first year of being the head wrestling coach for Belvedere Co-op. And now um, we just finished up. You guys just finished up the state finals. You had two of your wrestlers down. Um, successful year as far as what you were able to do from a, from a team that, well, went from two individual schools to a co-op. And meant they they were blending two schools together, and you went undefeated in the duels. I don't know how long ago it was that. Twenty four years. Twenty four years ago. Okay, and then got second in the conference meet and second in in regionals, right? Yes. And uh, so that's a, a huge turnaround in, in the program. And so I just want to kind of have you just reflect on that. I know the last time we were on, we talked about how um, wrestling can be a rec, rec, wrestling as well as contact sport could be a platform of. Um, developing resiliency, but I also wanted now to have you talk about just kind of reflecting back on what things have you learned um, in this two-year experience of, of coaching and uh, coming back to your community that you used to wrestle for um, isn't always an easy thing. <laughs> um, so what, what are some things that you learned along the way? And Yeah, I mean, a tremendous amount of stuff that I've learned. You know, I think any situation that I go into – that's what I'm constantly trying to uh, do is mine the situation for information that I don't normally have. Um, so, you know, going into the, the, the opportunity, it was like, okay, let's see what things can be accomplished, right? Knowing what variables need to be um, accounted for in order to enact change, right? So coaching staff, can I get a quality staff or... Mm-hmm. You know, because as a high school program, there's the budget's not really there, right? So, right. so it's not like you have this endless budget. You can go hire the best of the best, right? right. And then on top of that, it's after school, and after school is three thirty to five thirty. Sure. You know, and that means like like how many people work uh, a job where they can get off of work, you know, by three o'clock to get to practice. Right. Um, that's a challenge because most people now. Uh, work past four o'clock i mean maybe before this people always work till five o'clock you know so it's a really challenging experience and then on top of that you're talking about um getting kids to buy into um an idea or a collective vision that they've literally never seen you know being part of the belvedere wrestling program you've never i mean 24 years Mm -hmm. right and so when i was in high school 12 years ago um, no, 14 years ago, I'm getting older, um, 14 years ago, um, it wasn't, you know, my freshman and sophomore year, we had a competitive team. And so my junior, senior year, there was no competitive team. And then junior, senior, uh, then after I graduated, it split into two programs and throughout the time that there's been two programs, no one has ever thought that either of the Belvedere programs were going to be the best program in, in the conference mm-hmm. or in the state for that matter. Sure. Um, or the region or whatever we were, you know, that program has never had that, that, um, um, identity. Right, right. Right. And so, you know, getting the right coaches, getting people that were a part of the program when they were younger, people that had success. You know, I had a coach who was one of the five state champions in Belvedere history, one who is a, another uh, IHSA state finalist. Um, 
myself and then uh, another one who's a IHSA state champion and then uh, the the another guy who was the longtime head coach who's basically coached everybody that um, was on the staff uh, as well as coached with the other assistants. So it was really like cool to get everybody back together. You and know, were they all Belvedere. All those assistants were all Belvedere coaches. Every, or Belvedere were every everybody in the high school level was, and then obviously at the kids level, um, it just so happened to work out that Cal Ferry, who is a three-time state champion for for McChesney Park Harlem, he moved into the area, so he started helping with the kids program. So to get all of that into one program is is was a feat in yeah. itself yeah. and then um on top of that just starting to change the identity and um you know this year one of the biggest you know the, the phrase that I wanted to create was around the idea of a championship mentality mm-hmm. um the mentality of of chasing the highest point because you can Mm-hmm. Right. A mentality where you want to put yourself at the top because um, because you're capable like anybody else to do it and and um, you deserve it and, and you deserve to put yourself there. So that championship mentality, I think, has has really started to um, take hold and. It continues when we go to the state tournament, and we have two wrestlers go there. One's a senior, one's a freshman, and um, they they competed well. They didn't compete to their fullest potential, but they're upset about it. They're not happy about it. They're they were emotional with the result of not getting what they wanted, and that's that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, it's when people go to those environments and go, "Hey, we made it." And, and that's when uh, there's not another level to get to. And seeing, um, you know, s- specifically my freshman, seeing him upset that uh, he didn't accomplish uh, um, his goal, you know, and seeing how he reacted, that means that there is a championship mentality there. You know, they're, they're, they're not accepting failure, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, very nice. You know, and I think there is that... There's a huge difference between um, someone in they they were just grateful that they got a ticket to be invited to the dance, and then someone that goes in there with the mentality that um, that they're that they're going to continue striving if, if they place or don't place or don't perform that they want. Um, but as we've talked many times before, even when you know, someone doesn't perform the way that they want to perform or the outcome isn't what they want. It's an, it's just as much an opportunity to learn and grow from regardless if they're a freshman or a senior, because it may not be the last time they wrestle and it surely isn't going to be the last time that they're going to compete in life. Yeah. There's always going to be things for them to uh, use it as a platform in which to grow regarding life. Obviously the freshman has uh, a few more years uh, in high school wrestling, but your senior, regardless if he wrestles in college or not, he'll still have life to. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. This is why. This is why I coach because I know the transformations that I've had through it, and it just so happens that here's this thing that you really like to do. Yeah. And uh, when you, when you um, inject this standard of performance, right or 
yeah, when you inject this standard of performance, of consistency, you know, of discipline, right? Um, that's what creates that human being that takes every scenario the same approach. Mm -hmm. How do I figure it out? How do I achieve my best possible outcome? How do I control my behaviors and and uh, um, not let the behaviors of others impact me, right? All of these types of things. So I want to go back to some of the things that you you talked about at the beginning of, in particular, this season. And if we just look at outcomes for a second. So um, last year, you guys, how did you guys place, I guess it would be 2019, how did you place in conference in 2019, if you remember? If I remember, I think we got fifth. Fifth, okay. And dual meet-wise, how did you guys? Um, we had... I want to say we're less than 500. Less than 500. I think we had a we definitely had a losing record last year. Okay. And then the I only won a handful of duels. Yeah. And I know that you know if I we go back even before that, it's not really a fair comparison, right? Because because it was two separate programs, is that correct? Uh yeah. I mean, you could go back to it. I was yeah. an assistant coach at that time. Yeah. And, and I can talk about that because I mean, that was a that was something that it was black. It's what you see today versus three years ago in the room practicing is black or white. It's completely different. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that thing. Just in, you know, three years ago, uh, when I was an assistant coach, I was brought in by somebody because of my experience. Mm -hmm. um, and they said, hey, you know, you do this stuff. I think that would be good. And I said, all right, cool. I did it. And, uh, um, the kids didn't initially respond very well to it because it was such a change, right? Um, and uh, instead of continuing to share the message and the standard, um, it was basically the plan was aborted and then going back to let's just do whatever they want to do. Meaning that's the kids want to do. Meaning the kids. And, and obviously that's the, um, that's the difference between... Um, discipline and default is the default is what feels good what's easiest what's mm -hmm. um not so challenging of mm -hmm. ourselves right and so that was something that i really struggled with because i know that as a as a kid there's our there are a few individuals that are going to push themselves because they're internally motivated right mm -hmm. few kids there's a few yeah. Yeah. people in this world that possess internal mo motivation especially for sports or other activities it's the environment and the leaders that are in charge of those that need to push and communicate those who are not internally motivated to see a why um, that's greater than themselves to be able to continue to to do those things yeah. And that was a, that leads right into how how would you say from the beginning of this season of, uh, of of the idea of striving to be a champion, having a championship team, uh, planting that seeds with them, putting together a team of of coaches, right, and then first it was putting together a team of coaches, and then um, and then planting that vision. Of, of that why and and obviously there was a whole nother aspect of what the plan was you know meaning how was the practices going to be run and what things did you want to achieve during that time period what was it like initially if you remember back to preseason and in the beginning of the season when you first started playing those seeds about um uh this idea about 
Oh yeah, we're gonna win conference this year. Yeah. Or, so or, the or beginning be, of this or, season or beginning of the first season I took over? Well, I guess the reason why I asked that is because, well, maybe you can clarify for me. Was it this year, this season that just finished, or was it two seasons ago that you started talking about a championship team, a championship room? Uh, definitely this season. Okay. Last season I actually I pulled back because there were individuals involved in the program that were seniors that were around the program that – I knew that if I pushed too hard um, with them, seeing how they've been, um, they were around three years of a mediocre environment. Um, I knew that if I pushed then, there would be more complications with parents, Mm -hmm. right? Parents would be complaining because their kids would be complaining. Sure. Um, Their kids would be complaining then, you know, so there was a less of an... uh, uh, a group of people I, I knew what I had and I didn't have somebody and I knew that the system wasn't going to allow me to to push um, that early so it wasn't until this year that I started to get a group of uh, kids in the room that cared about the outcome that were receptive to the miss the to the uh, <coughs> to the message and then that's where I started to really play with the idea of bringing back and all the coaches started to come Mm-hmm. Last year, I didn't have the same coaching staff. Yeah. This year, every time I look at a coach, they've been in the state finals. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a huge, huge deal because, you know, before the state tournament, one of the communications, I said, you know, my coach, uh, Danny Martinez, he was a two-time state placer. He qualified for the state tournament twice. He's two for two. He got down there, and he took something home. Uh, my other assistant, Nick Finkweiner, right, he – he went down state one year. He got second in the state. You know, I went down state four times, got four medals. So just this idea that there was a guy to point to to be like, he knows the way. It's possible. Right? And then when you have the majority of adults in the room, the leaders, right? The majority of the leadership is by people that have been there. Um, that makes it easier to not be a hypocrite. It's e- It's easier for a kid to be like... Okay, I've got a. I'm gonna buy in because if it's one person, it's real easy to be that person's the bad. That person's. Um, I don't like that person. Right. Or he was the exception, not the rule. Yeah. In the room, exactly. when you have that many state state placers, you know, all state individuals, it's not they're the exception. Yeah. It's, this is the norm. And that's so. Th- the biggest thing that I've been trying to impact is the the collective culture in the community the chip on the shoulder that says no no this is what we do we we deserve this no matter if we're from a small town of belvedere Mm -hmm. right no matter if our parents don't have um a great economic situation no matter what you know that you 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 have that culture of this is what we do Mm -hmm. um it's challenging but it's been it's definitely been progressing. Sure, yeah. And when when would you say this year, I mean, when it moved from verbally, uh, when when did it move from, from these are for the, from both, I guess, coaches as well as um, athletes, when did it go, move from the talk to the talk and the walk? When did it, when did you notice in the season that it shifted? That they started believing that this was 
more than just a possibility. It was it was their reality. Um, as a team, right? As a team, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, after we beat Hananiga in the duel, right? That was like we've always lost to Hananiga twenty four years. Um, we've beat everybody else in the conference. Um, we have to go wrestle Rockford East at Rockford East. Um, and, uh, that's when I started to talk to the, to the kids about, you know, ending the season undefeated, ending the season as the top team in the duels and looking to conference. And that's when I started getting the text messages from the kids saying, Hey, I'm ready to, uh, train harder. Put me, uh, can I practice with so-and-so right? Or, um, when I, when I said, you know, it's time to practice. They practiced with a lot more focus and and, and had intentional um, training. Mm-hmm. So it was definitely right after the Hananiga duel, um, as we went into our, our last week of duels against Harvard and Rockford East, because Harvard, um, they have a really good, uh, solid um, 1A program. So they always have full lineup. They always have pretty decent individuals and we lost to them we got second place at the harvard tournament to them who got first at the harvard tournament Mm. and so in the duel we're like okay we're gonna get them back and then we're gonna beat east and uh and that's what we did we beat harvard and we beat uh east um and it was a lot of fun from a collective and that's you know that was when i think people started to realize that you know we need to be competitive and having that belief you know not to mention i have a couple kids that are in the room that are achievers in wrestling so mm-hmm. now the other people are like i want to achieve and they get up they they get more uh, emotionally affected when they lose and mm-hmm. they're not like their teammates you know mm-hmm. their teammates won i didn't win why didn't i win yeah well maybe you need to start doing what they're doing right right, right? and thinking like they think right. um and then everything starts to change. Yeah. You know, I think that is it is a very cool thing to watch and an experience that when, and especially in this case, in a in a, in again a short a short time period overall. But you, and that's the upside about you know sports seasons, right? There's at least for the season, there's a beginning, there's a building process, there's a beginning, there's a middle, and then there's an end, and. Then and and you get to see that uh, unfolding of that story, right? Yeah. And and then of course then it, you you know rinse and repeat, right? Or 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 improve and then uh, and then repeat it. But there is that element where you can then look back on it and go, okay, these things we put in place um, uh, were good, and, and it took a little bit, but even along the way, before the 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 masses believed, they were already putting forth greater effort than they had previous years maybe yeah and then you could see them psychologically turn the corner yeah and and so and that is a fun it's fun to experience it's fun to watch when when that happens and uh, yeah it is so if you look back on that though if there was anything that uh that you learned about yourself or learned um for for yourself i mean there's obviously things that you experienced. What, what would be something that you would have taken away from that you learned about? Let's say first learned about yourself uh, in that in that process. You had a lot of the things that you put in place were things that you envisioned of what you wanted to do, and in in a lot of them moved that yeah. direction. But when, what are, what would you say that you learned about yourself or learned? 
I mean, personally, I definitely have gained more confidence in my thoughts and philosophies sure. because, you know, when I came into this situation, I'm, I was pretty confident that this was possible, mm-hmm. that it's possible to really impact uh, an environment if everybody buys into the philosophies, at, at all the leaders buy yeah. into the philosophy. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I definitely learned more about interacting with kids and holding space for them, mm-hmm. right? We've talked about the situation where, you know, there's a kid who was having, you know, just issues. You know, he was he was on medication for stuff that he probably shouldn't have been on medication for. He got off of the medication, but during the time where he was, you know, just getting into it, he was having trouble in the room and then outside of the room in, in class and uh, just being able to find ways to um, really deal with that situation was, um, it was, yeah, I definitely learned, I think, a little bit more about how to interact with uh, um, with kids that are maybe not open mm-hmm. to something and then holding space for them and, and reminding them that, um, that you're not there to lead them in the wrong direction. Right. Right. And, uh, you're, you're, yeah. So that's something I definitely learned. And I think I wish I could explain it and articulate it more because I think that's the perspective that people forget. It's like wrestling itself isn't the end goal. Right. But it's the only thing that we have to use to get these kids to go through the hero's journey to self discovery and 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 then uh, become better than they are currently. Well, I think that is, you know, uh, one of the big elements. And obviously my my backs, you know, being a counselor, being a social worker, working in the schools as both a social worker and as a coach and then after I left the schools and stuff was this idea of what the platform in which sports can allow that to happen. And it'll, it, it, it recognizing that there's a bigger story going on than just how do they place in a meet or how do they place in a, or how do they do in a game or whatever it is that it's, it's really about building, uh, building relationships to build character, building relationships to help them see beyond um, their perspective that they walked in with, right? Yeah. And uh, and I think that's uh, a big aspect. And I remember, you know, when I was back when I was coaching um, and helping out the wrestling team at Harlem at that time, and that was during Cal's Cal's time period. And that that we would have, and and Harlem was doing well at that time. I think it was, it was mostly Harlem East. Harlem East and Hananiga were the top three, and for a long time that was what was going on. But I remember going um, going down to the meets, and it was important that certain wrestlers went down that that may not have qualified, but it was still important for them to go down just to see yeah. the arena, just to see how big Champagne, you know, how big the center is, because. You don't want to experience that the first time when you have a singlet on. You yeah. Know? So you 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 need to be able to experience it, even if you're just sitting in the stands, um, because there's already going to be enough nerves, anyways. Yeah. Um, and so I think all those things are a huge, 
learning opportunity, growth opportunity um, to, to stretch them. Yeah. So as you as you think about now, what, what are some of the opportunities you're, you're looking at for future wise? Yeah, t- I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I have the opportunities. You know, one of the things that, you know, unfortunately comes with um, progress is you find out where the limitations are. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things that I'm struggling with right now are the limitations of the systems that um, are built on top of or underneath sports in general, basically around schools in general and the administration, school districts, um, whether it's the school board or the people, the superintendent and so on and so forth and where they put their, their value as far as what they need to focus on and how they need to focus on it. And, um, that hierarchy of, of focus isn't really thoughtful. Mm -hmm. It's kind of based off of, how it's always been done and um you know just from the simple fact of testing mm-hmm. you know um the state has a, a lot of focus on testing and how you do is how you get paid or or even that aspect of like people get paid on attendance schools get funded by attendance right and so um in certain scenarios, there there lacks vision because of scarcity of like, well, if we do things different and it doesn't go well, how are we gonna mm-hmm. get funding or, or whatever? And so, the challenges is is that I see is that people don't um, have that outside perspective to to be ambitious enough to change the system to create different outcomes, mm-hmm. and they haven't thought about different ways. So. Um, and on top of that, the the biggest challenge on top of that is like when you change anything, anything, people don't like it because that means that they have to change. Right. And if people have to change to a sit to a, adhere to a system that they feel shouldn't be like that, they're gonna complain. They're gonna mm-hmm. be upset. They're gonna voice their mm-hmm. frustrations. And almost always that is a minority, but the opposite doesn't make noise, mm-hmm. right? The people that are okay with the change, they're not going out yelling. They're not upset about it. They're not uh, emotional about it. They're, they're okay with it, I guess. Um, and, and from my experience, people don't like difficult conversations or arguments or telling people the truth that hurts their feelings. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. There's no doubt yet when, when change happens, there's a perceived threat. And when there's, when that perceived threat is there, that's when it kicks people into this fight or flight natural response to it. And there's energy. And so those, that energy usually comes out in negativity and complaining. We don't necessarily get the same kind of energy when we're inspired or when we're okay with whatever the change may be. Yeah. We don't get the same kind of energy. And if I jump on board with what the vision is before it's unfolded, I'm in a vulnerable state. I could be I could be, you know, in a vulnerable state of being ridiculed. I could be wrong. So it's easier, even if you're on board, to be quiet. It takes a it takes a boldness and a fierceness and a courage to commit to I'm on board with this new way of doing it in the face of the unknown. Yeah. 
it doesn't take that much energy because you're automatically getting energy when you feel threatened. And people feel threatened when there's change. And that's just a natural response that we all have. And, um, and, I, and I think, um, and some people have had success that if I complain loud enough, well, they won't change. Or we can get them out of there. Or yeah. we can, you know, we'll, we'll be loud enough that, they, that I won't have to participate in the change. That and protecting limitations. Yeah. People that don't believe that they can achieve greatness don't want to be a part of a system that's trying to achieve greatness. Well, to expose my mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, so it, it is, even though I think that is an element of difficulty and we have to, kind of like what you did in the wrestling program, I think ultimately it's it's that, finding those key individuals who will be your first followers, your key followers, which really will be your key leaders that are the step down, right, for you. And then they then collectively, your assistant coaches in this case with wrestling, they then have collectively more power than just you by yourself. And especially like last year, maybe even going, um, feeling like you're constantly fighting against your own coaching staff. So um, I think that's one of the key is getting the right first followers uh, buying into the vision, having a vision. And like you said, that idea of timing, there, there's a key of, of being able to assess, is this the right time to unleash this? Or do I need to wait another year to unleash it? Is it the right, right thing to do to step away because of the current circumstance? Or do I need to move ahead? Um, I think some of that timing, um, because there's unknown there, it takes courage to step through that. Yeah. So Dalton, as always, uh, I appreciate your, your insights and I know the listeners appreciate the insights because even though this time we're talking about wrestling and sport, which we almost always do as the platform, we're talking about a lot more. We're talking about how do we change lives and how can people change cultures as well as change themselves. So, uh, once again, Dalton, thank you. Thank you. Yep.